Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you tips for building happiness into everyday life. This week we'll talk about why you might consider doing a boot camp, and we'll also discuss one of the most fascinating strategies for habit change, the strategy of the lightning bolt. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who, I hope, has started her new habit of working on her young adult novel in the morning before work. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And novel aside, Gretch, I deserve a gold star because last night I went to sleep so early that the alarm I set to remind myself to go to bed actually woke me up. (laughs) Excellent. Gold star for you. And how did you feel this morning? Really good. Excellent. Excellent. So speaking of gold stars for Elizabeth, how is the novel writing coming? Uh, does that tell you everything? Well, you know, I just want to, we're keeping, I'm keeping you accountable. So I'm not, I'm not just being a happiness bully here. I'm following your instructions by holding you accountable. I asked for this. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been having trouble, Gretchen, because, well, in my defense, the whole kindergarten thing has taken up a lot more time than I thought it would. So as I mentioned in the last episode, a couple mornings a week, I'm staying at school and going to the chapel. Yeah. Um, and then there have been numerous events, you know, uh, sort of because it's the beginning of the school year. And then one day a week, I do inform fitness before work. So it's really only four days free. Uh, so I have to say that I feel like I've only had one day to actually really do any work. Um, and that day, I did a little bit of rewriting, but I didn't write anything new. So, I don't know what to do. Well, so maybe you need to pick a different time that's going to be the, the, the 45 minutes or hour a day that you're going to spend on it. It sounds like this, this slice of time is not free the way you thought it would be. Yeah, it's, not, it's sort of my morning seemed to have swelled to, you know, accommodate this extra time. Maybe I do. Maybe I need to work on it at night, you know, for 45 minutes at night, like you said. That's hard. Night is hard. It is hard, but it's the only option because obviously I'm very busy and ensconced, you know, and ensconced in the show during the day. So I don't know. I need to think about it. Um, I still wish this morning time would work out, but I guess I just have to be honest with myself that it's probably not going to. Well, if you have inform one day a week and chapel two days a week, that's three out of five days. Yeah. So you would only be, but you know, maybe while you're pondering this and seeing how you're you're adjusting the schedule, really try to do it in those two days. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's easy to be like, well, what's two days? But it's like at least do those two days and see how things progress. Okay, I will do that. And meanwhile, I'm going to try to wrap my uh, mind around working even some evenings too. Well, I think, yeah. When I'm not working on the show. Right, right. Uh, Okay, well, so try this at home for this week is, and this is very relevant to what we were just talking about, Elizabeth, which is to try a boot camp for yourself. I love this concept. Continue. Well, so if you're frustrated or you're stuck in something, I find that for me, it can really help to like have a boot camp if you want 
a breakthrough. You know, if you really want to be super intense, throw all your energy at something for a short amount of time. You know, it's not something that's sustainable, but it's you're going to do a boot camp. I love that because it's like it makes it suddenly it's a priority. You can boot camp anything. Like I could say I was going to have a cooking boot camp, not that I ever would. But if I did, suddenly I would put all my energy, all my extra energy into cooking. Right. Well, no. And so sometimes the thing about a boot camp is that it's not necessarily a good way to change your habits. And one of the things mm. I talk about in Better Than Before is that often when you work towards a goal or when you do something like a boot camp, like I'm going to do 30 day yoga challenge or I'm going to give up sugar for Lent or something like that, which is kind of a boot camp approach. It doesn't necessarily change your habits because a habit is something that we really have to do forever. It's not about eating healthfully for Lent. It's about eating healthfully forever. It's not about a boot camp um, for this weekend. It's about writing every day forever. But I do think that a boot camp, a period of intense focus can help you kind of get into something. You know, sometimes it's just hard to get into it, get into a project. And then once you're over that hurdle and you're inside of it, then maybe you can focus on building the habits that are going to sustain you for the long term. Yeah. I mean, it, it's almost like take big steps. You know, one of your things is take big steps instead of small steps. This yes. is like a big step thing. Yes. And one way that I've done this, which was really fun, and a lot of people have done this, it's called National Novel Writing Month. And November is the, you know, is technically National Novel Writing Month, but you can do it at any point. And I did it. Um, um, I read this guy, Chris Beatty's book called No Plot, No Problem. And what it is, is that for 30 days, you write 1,167 words. And at the end of it, you have a you have a 50,000 word novel, which, wow. by the way, is as long as The Great Gatsby or The Catcher in the Rye. And the idea is for a month. You do this every single day and, and, and there's a whole website and people do it together and they have meetups and it's this whole thing. And the idea is, is that sometime when you're creatively stuck, if you just bang it out in this short, intense period, that it gets you over that initial hump. Well, if I, I, I would never commit myself to doing that because I know I wouldn't, but I think that's an incredible idea. But maybe you could, could you give yourself a boot camp for your novel for like two days? Could you have a, I think it's harder with fiction to do like a super, like a two day super intense boot camp. Well, but maybe I could say I'm going to work, you know, two hours a day for two days, you know, just as you said, to get the jump start, just to do it and sort of break that ice, you know. Well, I had kind of a boot camp recently because so I'm writing this book about the four tendencies, which is going to be a little book that just goes very deeply into the four tendencies framework. And I'd been sort of doing it here and there and dribs and drabs, you know, because I have a whole bunch of stuff going on. And it was sort of making me crazy, even though I really love working on this book. I just kept feeling like I was being my attention kept getting dragged away from it. But I was traveling and I had I was speaking and I spoke on a Friday and I spoke on a Monday. So I had the weekend free out of town. And so I just did nothing all day long except work on my Four Tendencies book. I mean, I woke up in the morning, wow. I was working on it. I mean, I took breaks to eat and to like go for walks and go to the gym. Um, but basically until I went to sleep that night for two days. And it was so clarifying, like, every, you know, because sometimes you have a thought, then you get interrupted. It takes so long to get in and out. I was just, I was so focused. I was so in it. It was great. Um, and I, I was so happy that the circumstances had put me in this boot camp situation because it really did give me a big thrust forward in the momentum of the project. Well, that's perfect. 
Uh, meanwhile, you know what I'm thinking is you could have a boot camp for anything. Like you could have a romance boot camp with your husband where you go, okay, three nights this week, we're going to, you know, have a romantic evening together. Or you could have, um, you know, a fun boot camp. Where just we have got to do that. Focusing on fun. Let's yeah. have a sister fun boot camp. One of these days. I love that idea. We're going to just have fun boot camp. Hopefully that'll be set at a spa. Yeah, it will definitely be set at a spa. Or you, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you could have like cleaning the house boot camp. I, you ah. know, like, oh, because I think there's just something about like boot camp. It just sounds like, ooh, it sounds sort of fun and hardcore and limited in a good way. Exactly. The fact that you know it's going to end and that at the end you're going to have a feeling of accomplishment. That's the key. It's like it's even though you have your thing of don't reach a goal, it's like this is kind of an, a tangent to that. Yes. It sounds awful, but it also sounds fun. It sounds like something you can brag about to your friends as well. Totally. So let us know if you do a boot camp and what kind of boot camp it is. would love to hear from you. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Because everyone's different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyze your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. Gretch, you know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day. Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash happier. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. So, Gretch, today we're talking about the strategy of the lightning bolt, which is a very uh, intriguing uh, phrase. So tell us about it. Yeah, I love the strategy of the lightning bolt. So in my, in my book, Better Than Before, I talk about the 21 strategies we can use to make or break our habit. And the strategy of the lightning bolt is really is very unusual among the 21 strategies. It really stands out from the rest because the strategy of the lightning bolt is not something that we can invoke. We can't control it. It's something mm. that happens to us. And it happens to us when somehow our ideas change. We have an experience. We learn information. We read something. We have a conversation. We see a documentary where something happens. We're hit by a lightning bolt. Our ideas change and our habits change dramatically overnight, effortlessly. And the strategy of the lightning bolt, it has its power from knowledge, beliefs, ideas. Hmm. Well, have you ever experienced this strategy of the lightning bolt? Absolutely, I have. And, and, and it's funny because it had happened to me a couple of years before I started writing about habits. And so it had always puzzled me what had happened to me. Like I was hit uh -huh. by this lightning bolt. My habits dramatically changed. and I couldn't understand exactly what had happened. And it was only when I was doing the research for the book that I understood my own experience. So for me, the, the idea that changed was an idea about nutrition. So I was on spring break, I, spring break with my, we go away with my in-laws, my family, and I had brought this book 
called Why We Get Fat by Gary Tobbs. Uh, And I was interested in Elizabeth a lot because of you. You know, you have type 1 diabetes, and so I have been really interested in insulin and control of insulin right. ever since. And I, I, from flipping through the book, I saw it was a lot about insulin. So I read this book, and I have to say, overnight, my, my beliefs, my thoughts, my knowledge about nutrition dramatically changed. And from one day to the next, I completely changed the way... I eat. Wow. You know, the only thing that I still eat that I eat the same way is like leafy green vegetables, basically. And it was dramatic. And the thing that was weird was that it was effortless because you think of eating habits, like, oh, you got to chip away and do substitutions and a little bit over time. And it's so complicated and frustrating. And this just happened in a flash. I was hit by that lightning bolt. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is, uh, and this is just basically switching to a low carb diet, which People can believe in or not believe in, but it works for you. But dad had the same lightning bolt. He, he, You got him to read the book, and then he had the same lightning bolt. So it wasn't just working for you. It worked for him, too. And I think it's been effortless for him as well. Yeah, yeah. That's The thing that's great about the lightning bolt is that it tends to make change effortless. The thing that's frustrating about it is that you can't make it happen to you. It sort of hits you like a force of nature. Now, how about you, Elizabeth? Have you ever been hit by a lightning bolt that totally changed your habits? Yeah, well, and this, I don't know if it's habits, but it's definitely hit by a lightning bolt and it changed my life, you know, forever and completely, uh, which is uh, the story of sort of how I moved to Los Angeles. um, You know, Sarah and I, my writing partner, had been great friends in high school. And then one Christmas after college, we met up um, at a bar in Kansas City and we're just catching up. And over the course of a few beers, I basically went from saying, oh, I'm going to visit you in L.A. because she was at the time on a cross-country journey moving to L.A. from North Carolina where she'd been in grad school. I was very ensconced in New York, thought I would never leave New York. And by the end of that evening, I was hit by the lightning bolt. I'm going to move to L.A. And I stayed up all night thinking about it. And then the next morning, I came down at like 6.30 in the morning, was shocked mom and dad and said, I'm moving to LA. And it was just this lightning bolt that was like, oh my God, this is what I should do. And six weeks later, I was living with Sarah at a beach house in Santa Monica. And it all just happened once that idea struck. It was amazing. No, I was there because I was home from college or I don't know. We were home for Christmas. And I remember you sitting there in your nightgown, like drinking coffee, being like, wow, I think I'm going to do this. And then bang. I mean, it it, it happened so fast. Uh, you would have thought it wouldn't have been possible for you to like get out of your apartment in New York, find a place in L.A., make the move. I mean, it was extraordinary. And so I think that, you know, and sometimes like people, you know, they get a diagnosis. They have a birthday. They're in an accident. Well, pregnancy. Pregnancy. Yes. I had a conversation with a guy who worked with a lot of really high risk patients. And he's like, oh, but, you know, there's something that I've seen, you know, not always, but sometimes it makes people like quit the craziest things. Like, you know, you think they can't stop doing this and stop doing that. And then overnight they do. And I said, what is it? Like, what's the big thing? And he said, getting pregnant. Not always, but sometimes just knowing that a person's pregnant will let her totally change her habits. Now, you know, I wonder, though, if the strategy of the lightning bolt feels like a lightning bolt, but is actually many little things that build up into a lightning bolt moment. In other words, 
you know, when you read that book, were you maybe primed to want to eat a different way? I think that part of it was that I had all these questions that had always bothered me, like things that I thought weren't explained under the traditional model that I was always like, but what about this? What about that? And this, like everything, I could feel myself being like, that's true. That's true. Oh yeah. Okay. That explains that. Now I understand that. Or like, I would be thinking about it. Well, that makes sense because of X, Y, Z. And then I tried it and I had exactly, it had exactly the effect on me. So my, I felt like my ideas were vindicated or were proved on in my own experience. So I think you're right, but it is weird how sometimes like it, it definitely feels like, whoa, like what just happened? I see the world in a totally different way. It's weird. It's exciting. It's exciting. Well, I'm dying to hear if any of our listeners have had lightning bolt moments and what they've been. I mean, this it could be anything. You know, this could be a marriage, a divorce, a career thing, a having or not having kids thing. I mean... Who knows? No, I mean, I remember Ariana Huffington tells the story about how she collapsed from exhaustion. She just passed out and like broke her cheekbone and woke up in a pool of blood. And she's like, I've got to change my life and totally changed her life. So that was a very dramatic wow. lightning bolt. Um, but it's the same thing where like something is this wake up call or something shocks you with a new idea. And, uh, and then your habits change from that. So, yeah, send them in. Dying to hear. Another way to reach us is to leave a voicemail question at 774-277-9336 or easier to remember 77-HAPPY-336. And Gretchen, this week, our listener question comes from Elizabeth in Tennessee. Wait, you know, and Elizabeth, before we listen, I think we get an unusually high number of comments and questions from people named Elizabeth. Does it, does I know, it seem that I, way to you? I, I draw them to me. <laughs> so let's hear it. Hi, this is Elizabeth from Tennessee. Do you have any tips on finishing up the little leftover things that need to be done after you've moved houses? We moved four months ago. We are all settled in, but we have random boxes that still need to be unpacked, areas of the house that need to be organized, such as the pantry or playroom, and just some little odds and ends that we really don't have to do to make it through a week, but just need to get done. Any tips or ideas on how to tackle those projects so that we feel completely moved in? Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, Gretchen, well, it seems like you would have a million tips for Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Like, I love this kind of thing. Um, and first of all, of course, it has to be said that when you move, it's like the old advice is really true that you want to do everything right away because if you don't do it in that first burst of moving in energy, then that stuff tends to linger months, years, perhaps decades perhaps, because, yeah. you know, yeah, we've all had that where like the stuff, you, you got to do it right away. But here's a couple things that you could use. One is power hour, which is once a week for one hour, I have a list of things that I can postpone indefinitely, like these things that she has, these little boxes and unorganized areas. They mount up, they drain our energy. But so for one hour, once a week, I just work through that list and it's enormously energizing. And you can do anything for an hour because an hour is just not that bad. And maybe if you've just moved, you should have a power hour every day. Ah, yes. 
Yes, until you get through it. And here's another one. And Elizabeth, this is something that I often say to you when I am over in your house trying to (laughs) be my own happiness cheerleader about clutter, as I do, which is don't get organized, (laughs) which doesn't sound like the typical thing you would say. But I think sometimes people are like, well, I really have to organize this stuff. But really, the question is, do you want it at all? So here you have these things that are kind of left over. So they must not be so important to Elizabeth or they would be in their proper, like measuring cups. You need them. You're going to put them in their place. This is the stuff that's just kind of hanging around. So maybe you don't need it. It's instead Mm. of putting it away, maybe you want to just like either recycle it or give it away or, or, you know, let it go outside your house because the fact that it's not put away might be a sign that you don't really need it. Yeah, I know a lot of people have the theory, you know, if you haven't opened a box in a year, just throw it out and don't even look inside. I've heard of people doing that. and It sounds really aggressive. And then there is the person who's like, oh, I was going to do that. And then I opened the box and my birth certificate was inside or whatever. So it seems Oops. high risk, but it's definitely intriguing. Uh, you know, you don't even don't even open them, just toss them. And Gretchen, you know what I think would help um, in a situation like this is to sort of reframe the task. So Elizabeth is looking at these boxes and it's feeling overwhelming and cumbersome to have to get rid of all these boxes and organize all this stuff. But maybe if she said to herself, oh, I get to organize my new office area now and it's my new little office nest and isn't that exciting in this new home as a it maybe it'll help her, you know, give herself a boost to actually want to do it as opposed to forcing herself to do it. Yeah. Instead of like, I have to organize the garage, it's I get to organize the garage and you reframe it as something like that, reminding yourself of, oh, I, I wanted to change houses. I'm excited about my new place. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, so listeners, what other tips do you have? This is the kind of thing where people have really smart, interesting strategies. So please send them in. What would you say to somebody who's dealing with those those bits and bobs, those odds and ends that are left over after a major move? Okay, Elizabeth, it's Demerit and Gold Star, and you are up with the demerit. Well, Gretch, this is actually a demerit that you and I are sharing. So you get a demerit and a gold star this week. Uh-huh. And the demerit is to us because we did not get a guest for the podcast this week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're working on somebody, but the timing didn't work out to get this guest in time for this episode. I know. And we were trying to have guests, you know, there's not a set number, but every, you know, at least like every three episodes or so. And we have, of course, a ton of people that we would love to have on. And you and I kind of went back and forth, but um, we just didn't focus on saying, okay, well, who can we, who who would be willing to come in this day and um, record with us? So as a result, we're down a guest. And I, I do feel like, you know, we want to, you know, not lose our habit of getting a guest. So we have to focus in on that for our next we need no. to monitor it. We need to schedule it. We need to hold ourselves accountable. We need to make it more convenient. We've got all the habit strategies at our fingertips. We know what we need to do. So Elizabeth, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that. So that's the demerit. And what's your gold star? Oh yeah, this is, I, I I'm so happy to give this gold star. 
So my whole life, I've been attracted to libraries. And my earliest memory is the Kansas City Library with that like that crazy indoor plants and that tube of water that fascinated yes. me and those weird murals. And it had a very... And the smell. The smell. Oh, what would I give? They, tore, they tore down that library. What would I give to walk in and smell that smell again? Um, and my whole life, so I met my husband, Jamie, in the law school library. I spent a lot of college hanging out in the library, not working, but sort of pretending like I was working. I love mm -hmm. being in libraries. And I am so incredibly lucky because I live in New York City, and I am one block away from um, the New York Society Library. And this, um, which kind of sounds kind of like a fancy name, New York mm -hmm. Society Library, um, but it's not. Uh, it was actually was founded in 1754. It got a wow. charter from George III. I mean, we're talking wow. way back. Um, it was six civic-minded guys. Decide there was no library in uh, in New York, so they decided they would form a library. And um, it was like looted during the British Revo during the Revolution by the British. And uh, anyway, it has a whole history. And now. And it's a block from my house, and it makes me so happy. There are almost 300,000 volumes. I got this app so that I can borrow ebooks. They've got audiobooks. Oh, wow. They've got an amazing children's room, which, of course, I love children's literature. So for me, that is just wonderful. And, you know, the thing about me is I really love to read, and I like to read stuff that's pretty esoteric, I have to say. And so recently, yes, I was like, I read, <laughs> I, read, I read about this book called Hunting the Wren. And hunting the wren is this, you know, kind of English symbol symbolic tradition, blah, blah, blah. Like weird, very, not something that every person is going to want to check out of their branch library, um, I would say. Um, you know, and I look in the card catalog and there it is. Hunting the wren, transformation of bird to symbol, a study in human-animal relationships. Uh, it's in my life, you know, it's in my house right now. I checked that thing out. Um, and so I just want to say gold star to New York Society Library because... It makes me happy to just walk by it. It makes me happy every time I go to check out books. I love returning books. Returning books is a whole different happiness than checking out mm. books. The people who work there are amazing. It's an extraordinary collection. Um, oh, the, one you of do the a lot of writing there. I do a ton of writing there. Absolutely, yes. I go there and I squirrel myself away um, in these desks that they have sort of hidden around. Um, and I write there because then I'm shut away from all the distractions of being at home. And there's just something about being in a library um, that makes me want to work and want to focus. Sometimes I work in a room where there's a lot of people working and there, you kind of get the energy of that. Or I work when I'm all by myself and I'm just surrounded by these books and this quiet. And um, I just want to give a gold star to the New York Society Library and to the six civic-minded people who started it way back in the day because I really, really appreciate it. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember, try this at home. Try a boot camp. Let us know if you tried a boot camp. And what was your boot camp? Was it a language boot camp? Was it a fun boot camp? Also, if you have suggestions for our listener, Elizabeth, about ways to tackle those nagging little final chores when you move, please send them in. And listeners, here's another request that we want to put out um, because we want to hear from you. This is what we want to know. In episode 13, happiercast.com slash 13, we talked about the four tendencies framework, which is this framework that I came up with to divide all of humanity into four categories. Um, you can take a quiz on my site if you want to see what your category is. That's GretchenRubin.com. Um, and, and we're going to do four weeks on the four tendencies. 
So each week we'll, we'll focus on one of the tendencies. The pros, the cons, how do you manage yourself? How do you manage other people? How, what about a child? What about a spouse? What about a coworker? What about a boss? What about a client? What about a patient? How do you think about those tendencies? The good parts, the bad parts. Um, what should their motto be? What's the motto of that tendency? Anything you want to comment about. It is so fascinating to hear what people say from the vantage point of the four tendencies. So send in your comments, your questions, your insights so that we have a lot of fodder for those four episodes when we're gonna focus on the four different tenants. Today, we wanna thank our engineer, Laura Mayer, uh, as well as our producer, Henry Malofsky. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers of Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward.